0: Welcome, and thanks for tuning in. You must be pondering some fantasy sports questions. Well, good news, because you just turned into another episode of Keepers, Sleepers, and Creepers with John and Paul. And here we are.
1: Here we are indeed.
0: Yep. Our uh, football episode released yesterday. We're back from vacation, so uh, here we are, about to do another baseball
1: one. One moment closer to playoffs. One more
0: yeah. And that's what it's all about. And mm-hmm. we're excited to get there to have our season of baseball culminate and everything play out and uh yeah. to reduce our workload of these podcasts. <laughs>
1: it's pretty heavy. So hopefully you're enjoying it. Yeah. Um, Trying not to skimp too much on the on the material even though we're pretty booked, so The nice thing about baseball, for the most part, is that a lot of your investments with building your roster translate heavily into this point in the season. Right. Usually, if you're active and you made these trades and picked up our sleepers and keepers going forward, it's most likely you're only going to have two or three roster spots available to really make a lot of flexibility with, and that puts you in a great spot for going into the playoffs.
0: You should be good if you listen to us, because we're good. It's looking like a sweep in our leagues for first place, so feeling good about that. And uh, thanks for tuning in. If this is your first time, uh, most of our help isn't gonna be as helpful because you missed the trade deadline with us where we really honed in on it. Now this is about acquisitions, who to trust as we get to playoffs, because now you get worried. Some people may wanna jump ship. So keepers, sleepers, and creepers is all about just what it's called. Keepers being people that are owned pretty well, maybe going through a slump, or people that are owned eh, mediocrely and uh, we're telling you to believe in them. Sleepers being people that are owned poorly, And are performing really well, and you want to keep an eye on them, maybe give them a run right now for what they're doing. Creepers being people that are owned too high, or people are buying into them too quickly, and they're probably not going to pan out. And then we usually cap off our baseball episodes with some double plays, and a little bit of closing notes by yours truly. So, keepers is uh, where we start, our abbreviation being at KSC Podcast for Twitter, and um, you can follow us on Instagram too. So, John... To get us all started here, keepers, what you thinking?
1: I think uh, my favorite keeper right about now is a guy that was owned in the middle rounds and drafted around the middle rounds of this season, mm-hmm. but I think has proven to be really excellent, especially recently, but really throughout the whole year. He's got struggled a lot with health problems, and that's Josh Donaldson, the mm-hmm. Atlanta third baseman. Um, his own rate is pretty high at this point, but it's just more or less letting you know that I think what you're seeing now, I believe in. Um, for your rosters. So he's a guy that it might've been hard to find starting spots for. He's probably a low tier third baseman starting option coming into the season because of the risks with his health. So you may have another guy available on your team that you had penciled in. And so I just wanna clarify that I think Josh Donaldson will be one of the better third basemen going forward. Um, He's ranked 43 right now in the last 14 days. So he's been one of the top fantasy players going forward in this little stretch with a 313 batting average, six home runs, eight RBI and 11 runs scored. I think he's just playing great. He, I think he has a great chance to break 35 home runs. And he might even match his career batting average of two seventy-four this season, which will be a really big uptick from the last few years that he's been hitting a lot lower. So I just want to double down on him um, from the last few weeks. With him hitting fourth in this Atlanta lineup that is not weak by any means, they have some good players throughout it, mm-hmm. I like him a lot.
0: Yeah, and it looks like he's going to stay healthy all season. So good for him, putting together another solid season.
1: Yeah, we'll um, on with there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the last 14 days because that's where I really honed it on the people that I said to keep this week because it's kind of the middle high tier of ownage rates. But people that can cut ship when you all of a sudden are in playoffs and you're in contention and you're like, wow, my team is losing this week. I don't want this to happen in playoffs, so you drop somebody that's gotten you here. Yeah, you don't need to do that. You need to stay true to your stay true to your core. And uh, I got three names that are going to fit that mold. And that first one coming in, we'll just go with Jordan Alvarez at 85% own. I mean, that one just kind of clear. Over the last 14 days, he's only got six runs, two home runs, seven RBIs, and batting 190. Not looking good, but keep in mind this is a a rookie player. There's going to be slumps like that. What you love is the advanced profile, and this guy just going to keep hitting. And hopefully he warms up for a nice tear right in fantasy playoffs. But it would be a huge mistake for you to drop that guy. I don't think many people wore it. he's one of the more safe keepers. I'm going to go in reverse order. Mm -hmm. uh, Safest to most likely for somebody to cut. But definitely keep Alvarez going. Um, You want that bat in that Astros lineup. uh, Especially for fantasy playoffs right around the corner. Because he's relatively fresh in comparison to other people around here.
1: I couldn't agree more. Uh, Alvarez has just been almost near unstoppable this season for Houston. Um, some people might be thinking like, oh, he's a young prospect, so that can affect his playing time as the season goes along. And I'm gonna go with hard no on that. He was brought up later on this season. You're not really worried about years of control at this point with this guy. Oh, in their competing time.
0: team, so the best person plays, and he's easily the best person.
1: Bingo, bango, couldn't so. agree more. He's definitely the pure starter out there, in Houston outfield. He's been playing excellent. There's no reason they they should take him out. He's hit. I mean, his exit velocity and launch angle are both top notch. His whole advanced profile looks great. He's a staple in that lineup yeah. going forward.
0: Yeah, I like him. Yeah, he's going to be somebody that's going to be drafted pretty well last, next year too, coming up. Oh heck yeah! <laughs>
1: if you're if you're looking at like next year's uh, um, Acuna Junior for the Braves, this is probably the most likely guy that I see from this previous season. Although he doesn't, he's not the complete five-tool guy. That's accurate. Yeah, the right. zero stolen bases it kind of hurts. Right. But he's going to be a slugger. Average. He's going to be a true slugger. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and another
0: guy that's going to fit that same mold for me over the last 14 days, and this guy's a little bit more, I can see people cutting him, and that's Trey Mancini at 83% Yay. owned. Um, don't forget what he's done for you on the season with 85 runs scored, 29 homers, 74 RBIs, and batting 273. I mean, he's not got the all-star profile if you look it up, but it's a very nice advanced profile. Um it's not as nice as Hunter Dozier, and he's owned in less leagues, which I don't understand entirely. <laughs> um, but both of those guys are, you can kind of, with their same position eligibilities and stuff, you yeah. want to hold on to both of those. I don't have Hunter Dozier or Lizza here as a keeper, but he does fit this mold too. But Trey Mancini's the guy I'm kind of worried about somebody dropping because he's only got, he's been five over the last 14 days with the no homers. Just a minor slump. He'll, he'll rebound. He'll be that same solid guy that's got you there. He's a great third outfielder to have if you're looking for fantasy playoffs. And in the same sense, if he's some reason hanging out in the free agency, go ahead and snag him up and uh, enjoy the 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 games to
1: come. Couldn't agree more. Um, I was worried about Trey Mancini very early on in the season because he got off to such a hot start. It was going right. to be like, oh no, is he burning up all of his luck this early? Is he right. going to fall off? We both liked him early on in the season, but he was overproducing his draft value. And so I think a little bit of this is him just coming down slightly, mm-hmm. but the whole year he's been really consistent. Yeah,
0: and he's in a great ballpark, and that's, that's what's yeah. really helped him su- succeed is that his advanced profile doesn't look as good as Hunter Dozier's, but he's playing in Baltimore, so his season numbers are looking, and plus he's avoided any injuries that Hunter Dozier's kind of been limited to here and there, but, you know, Baltimore helps him out.
1: Yeah, couldn't agree more. Helps I mean, out anybody. It helps anybody. I mean, the 29 home runs is a testament to that. Yeah. Like I think in a lot of different ballparks, you see him lose about 9 to yeah. 10 of those. But it's what helps him out. So Hey, that's part of the game. Yep. And he brings a good batting average and decent RBIs hitting in the middle of the lineup. I mean, Baltimore's sure. lack of offense hurts a bit there. But he's just really reliable. Yeah. He's not going to have the ceiling of all these other really high own-rate players like a, an Alvarez in particular, where he can just light the world on fire and win you your whole fantasy playoff. Mancini's probably not going to be that guy, but mm-hmm. I think he's going to be on a lot of winning rosters because he doesn't hurt you in any way either.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. So what do you on for some keepers? I'm stealing it from you.
1: No, totally good. I, I definitely like both of them. I had them both as well as keepers. Uh, but I like Miguel Sano, too. He's a guy that's a little lower owning percentage, and his safety is much lower in general. Mm-hmm. He's only owned 63%, but over the last 30 days, he's been the 36th ranked player in fantasy baseball. He's a guy that we both liked earlier on in the season. Mm -hmm. Um, He's a guy that was destined to improve because his batting average last year was as bad as it could humanly be. Right, right. (laughs) All things considered. But he's been hitting 266 um, in this little 30 game stretch here with nine home runs, 23 RBI, and 23 runs scored. But what's really crazy is his power output for the advanced profile is so real. Mm-hmm. It is off the charts for his exit velocity at 94.1 miles per hour. Yeah,
0: he kills the ball when he hits it. Man. Problem is, he strikes out so much. Oh, but, but So much. He's on a tear now, and we always believed in him, so give him a run.
1: Yeah. What I'm seeing right now is Miguel Sano might as well be the same exact player with as Chris Davis that we all drafted for. Mm-hmm. Except he's available in almost 40% of leagues, 37% right. in Yahoo. I mean, he absolutely murders the ball when he hits it, but he will hurt you in batting average. So understand the player that you're looking at. Um, I mean, the advanced profile is saying his expected batting average is at 235, and he's uh, hitting 247 on the season. And last season he hit way less than all of this. Mm -hmm. So I think somewhere in between that is where you're going to get. I think the expected batting average at 235 seems very good. That's probably what I, I will see from him. But I think he hits 30 home runs this season with right. the way his pace is. He's a great bench hot. player
0: to put in in a you know, pinch or if you're down home runs, you sacrifice that batting average for a couple of days to get back up there kind of thing. Yes.
1: Yeah, And first and third eligibility helps get a little bit of versatility to him as sure. well. So he's a guy that I think I'm willing to keep going forward. I think he should be rostered in more leagues and if you start him in the playoffs, you're more likely to be rewarded than not rewarded at this yeah. point.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Here's a guy, though, that when you, we've mentioned you know, Trey Mancini and even Jordan Alvarez, you could argue, that this guy just isn't getting the love that he should this season, and we've both mentioned him, and you've mentioned him, I think, even more recently than I, and it's Jorge Soler. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at what he's done on the season with 92 RBIs already. It's crazy. 36 homers, that's incredible. I mean, he has put together, silently, a wonderful season in Kansas City, putting together all that power that was... You know, prophesies of this prospect, and yeah. he's still only owning seventy eight percent of leagues, and maybe that has dropped a little bit because of the last fourteen days with one homer and batting one seventy nine. But don't let yourself be fooled with this dude. I mean, his profile is great, and even maybe has a, should have a, having a higher batting average than two fifty three. I mean, he's just really put together a big season, and he stayed healthy, which was one of the big concerns for Jorge Soler, mm-hmm. and now he's just a, he's a straight slugger and. I honestly, you know, mentioning you know Jorge Soler York, and Jordan Alvarez, I'd probably take Soler for the rest of this season. Um, I think the future is brighter for Alvarez, but you know, Soler needs to be—he's—he's he's a legitimate power threat. I mean, and you said that uh, Sano is kind of like Chris Davis. Well, the literal Chris Davis <laughs> s- supplanter has been Soler, who's yeah. just usurped Chris Davis. I think in that same role,
1: completely, and probably agree.
0: will be for the next few
1: years, kind of the new Chris Davis, because Chris Davis is he's aged. I was not prepared for the fall of Chris Davis in this fashion. Mr. Consistency right. <laughs> over these last few years. And I mean a little bit of injuries earlier on in the season yeah. is there, but my goodness. And he's actually my creeper as well for the day. It's he's owned in 76% of league still, but he's hitting 220 on the season with 19 home runs and 57 RBI. That is underachieving in every single aspect significantly over what he's been giving you the last few years. And this is the kind of disappointment I was kind of expecting from Cruz coming into this year where he had such a huge power output and he defied age and I just expected this sort of regression. But he's been ranked 603 over the last 14 days and 715 on the year. Mm -hmm. So to me, he hasn't put up enough numbers to warrant even owning at any point during the season. And with this level of sample size, I have to doubt that he's gonna get it together. He's always been a streaky hitter, and early on in the season, he was killing it, which is why I expected some big ups and big downs, and he yeah. would get it all worked out. But at this point, I have to doubt that he's going to get it together, especially with the injuries to a lot of the Oakland Athletics players. So he's losing even more lineup protection at this point. Uh, and eventually, I think Kanna is probably going to cool off. He's really red hot right now, which will then hurt him a little more. So to me, I wouldn't be against cutting him at this point in the season and trying to move on to one of these high out, High, higher potential players that are playing better on the season
0: see and i creeped on him so hard even in the preseason and everything but i'm gonna have to disagree there's no way i would cut him right now the last 14 days are a little bit of a lie for him in that last 14 days are going to be interleague play where he had to be benched because there's no dh position so those are three wasted days for him the last, you know, the last four days, I think he's got a couple homers, maybe even three, mm-hmm. showing a little bit of life, showing a little bit of spark, and before those 14 days, he was on the DL. So he's a dude that I didn't like at all, but now if he's available in the free agency, like if Jorge Soler is available in the free agency, go ahead and drop him and pick up Soler because there's a much better bet that Soler is going to be the dude for you, especially power numbers for the season. But if you're in a real competitive league, there shouldn't be too many good free agents hanging around out there.
1: That's a fair point. So
0: Chris Davis is one of those dudes that can legit put up tons of home runs in just a few days and completely change the landscape of a fantasy playoff matchup, even taking out a number one if you're squeaking in there you know as a six seed or something like that. Um, so I would not cut him unless there was a very solid option. None of the sleepers I'm going to mention today I would cut him for at least, um, but yeah, I I feel like the last 14 days, I agree, you know, you wish you'd see more studlier average stuff like that, but kind of a lie towards them. Uh, I, you did mention one name though that I do agree is a creeper and that is actually Mark hanha and it's good for him. He's put together some good numbers on the season in Oakland there. 59 runs scored, 22 homers, 46 RBIs, 2 stolen base, batting 279. Um, which has earned him a 49% ownage rate. Yeah, A little bit too high. I mean, his batting average should be closer to 250, uh, based on the luck he's had on balls in play, based on the expected batting average, advanced profile, and just talking about advanced profile, um, it it just doesn't support his home runs, because this isn't in Baltimore. So, if he had this advanced profile in Baltimore, well, that's those 20 home runs are looking way more legit now, but in Oakland, it just does not translate as well as Trey Mancini does. So, um He's had a good season. He's had some luck on the balls he's putting in play. I expect some batting average dropping. uh, and Definitely not this home run rate. Um, I don't think he's going to keep it up. So I'm creeping on him because there's some people I'm sleeping on that I'd pick him up over him because I think they got a little bit more potential. And that's all.
1: I could not agree more. You took all the words and delivered them as eloquently as I ever could have dreamed of. I think Canna is also just a guy that even though the outfield injuries for Oakland look like they open up an opportunity for him he'll Mm -hmm. get the playing time right but like you said his advanced profile doesn't point to home run numbers being likely to continue at this rate his expected slug is only at 427 which is not indicating 22 plus or more home runs he's a hot hitter and if you want to hold him right now is the time to do it okay I can't say you're wrong, but just understand that the leash needs to be very short on that. Right. Do not ride this out for two weeks while he's getting it right. I don't think you, you'll need more than three games of offers before I'm like, yep, okay, done. Yeah. Off my roster, picking up a hotter guy.
0: Yeah, 50% is so fair. Uh, this is being a little bit too fair to him at mm-hmm. Owner rate. I, I don't understand that, but hey. He's rewarding people our last couple weeks, so I guess I can't complain too much. But since we mentioned a couple creepers, let's go ahead and stay there. What's another creeper you got going?
1: Sure. Uh, this one's kind of obvious, but also uh, I think you'll agree with me here. There is no reason he should be owned on anyone's roster at this point, and that's Scooter Jeanette. Yeah. Um, second baseman for no one. Because at least to- today. <laughs> today he was cut by the Giants. His own rate's still at 31%. That's a thing, yeah. Which is... Shocking, Right. I mean, I think some of this is the fact that some people had him pre-drafted before the season started and a, a little bit of that percentage, but it's not 31. Right. Like... Let him go. I, he needs to be owned in 0% of leagues. So let me be very clear going forward. Who knows if anyone else will even pick him up, but he's only hit 226 on the season, two home runs and 11 RBI. It's been short sample size because the injury has taken up the whole season, but both you and me were agreeing that regression was absolutely imminent with yeah. Frank, even if he was healthy. Yeah. And it looks like he's it, turned into a pumpkin.
0: And a big reason I'm glad we had him on our list of players to talk about tonight is just to recap and and to revisit our huge rant. I I know I even hit him a little bit harder on the Giants and the billions of dollars the owners were getting paid there. <laughs> that I don't I don't think anybody really realizes unless they listen to our podcast that how bad. They tanked the Giants organization for the next five years.
1: They had it all set up. They had
0: it all set up to bring in such a nice rebuild to it all. Yes. And instead, they just shoot it in the foot so hard, and then the little cherry on top they give their fans is bringing in Jeanette. And <laughs> and some of the Reds fans I talked to are like, man, that was such a bad trade, dude. Jeanette for money. And I'm like,
1: why? Why was that a bad trade? Because... Did you really want him right now to play instead of Van Meter? And I don't
0: in think Cincinnati? people are realizing he's getting paid,
1: you know, $10
0: million. So <laughs> at the halfway mark, he's got $5 million left on his contract for this year. So they paid that and gave us money, at least the way I understood the deal went down. Thank you very much. We'll try to re sign somebody <laughs> with that. Like, yeah. what, what is Jeanette going to do for us, especially since he's not hitting it all this season and he's not staying healthy? So. I mean, I'm not mad if they re-sign him or anything. He's, sure. he's a fan favorite. I, I, I like him as a person. But, man, the Giants really, 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 really hurt their franchise, I think, for the next five years. you The value now that you're getting from Will Smith and um, Mad Bum is just nowhere near what it would have been. Yes. Um, Just ridiculous, this what they didn't do, and then Sandoval they didn't get rid of him, and now he's out for the season, uh, with some injury, I forget it was, but he could have been dealt at the trade deadline. And you know, it's just he's
1: got so much age on this team. Like, what were you
0: thinking? Like, just to recap what we said, like, even if you were to make the playoffs, which everybody knows you're not going to, except maybe the most ignorant San Francisco fan (laughs) in the world,
1: but who are you going to be unless
0: Bumgarner pitches every single
1: day and you know like and you just run out your bullpen for the five to six innings every game all the way through like yeah like uh, who you hitting right they would have to have like Bumgarner
0: pitch especially since they got rid of Sam Dyson they got rid of Melanson who hasn't neither of you know performed super super well since they've been dealt but while they're in San Francisco they're having such great seasons and
1: you would have needed them badly if you wanted to compete. Yeah. Because so. that would have been the strength of your whole team.
0: And you, and you know, without and, and this is the real sucker, and we've just got to at least mention it on Creepers, as Jose Ramirez being done for the season. That kind of just sucks. That
1: sucks. Cause... And we
0: mentioned Sano, and it also sucks, but it also doesn't suck. It sucks for Buxton, but now that Buxton's not playing for the rest of the season, his projected ranking next season's not going to be as high as I think it should be, and he is a guy that you'll hear us tar- harping on in the preseason because he, he's going he's gonna to be a great draft pick
1: next year, I think. Because we saw a lot of progress. Yeah. That's what I wanted to see from him more than anything is right. because he has infinite talent. It's yep. just, oh, he only played like the worst player ever all the season before, mm. and he looked like he got most of the problems worked out this year. Yep. So now it's just him playing healthy and improving a little bit more, just building on what he had. I agree with you. Yeah,
0: so we'll be harping him next year. It, it it wasn't progress that made him a black fantasy player. It was only all these injuries. Which he has had injuries, so maybe that makes him a risky pick, but it's baseball. So you got to we'll, stay healthy here sooner or later.
1: If he's in the top 100 for projected draft order next season, I will be blown away. So to me, if he's you're just, getting him outside of that, you're getting a value. Yeah. Because I think he has a very high likelihood of playing within the top 100 next Absolutely. season.
0: Absolutely. You got any more creepers?
1: Uh. No, that's about it. I've had Canna, Davis, and Jeanette, so... <laughs> well, I have
0: I have one more, and I'm going to throw him out there. I've just lost love for him, especially because of the sleeper I'm going to mention here tonight, and that's Scott Kingery. Um, okay. Really transitioned well when he came back to the team and started playing some outfield for him. I've just lost some love. I mean, I've watched his advanced profile kind of dip. The only thing he's got going for him now that's way above average is his speed. Everything else is actually below average, including expected batting average, mainly because of his exaggerated babbitt. Um, so that two seventy three should drop, and that's kind of going to be a bummer. Um, now he's just going to be one of these one trick guys, and I just don't think he's that stolen base threat that makes him a most certified one trick guy. Um, maybe Philadelphia ballpark gives him a few more home runs above what he should be doing, but striking out at twenty eight point five percent—that just you can't. It's not sustainable really for a stolen base, you know, batting average guy. Yeah, batting average guy. So. Mm-hmm. Forty-two percent is a little bit high for me in Scott Kingery, especially because there's some there's a name I'll mention tonight, and there's other people we mentioned in past weeks like Freddie Galvis. Called that he transitioned to you, <laughs> you showed me
1: up on that
0: one. Transitioned to Cincinnati very well, um, and and he should be owned over Scott Kingery. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. So, all right, all
1: right. Kingery's in- Kingery was very interesting for a while when he was playing so well. But yeah. He, but yeah, I'm with you hundred percent. He just looks so. Average. Like he won't kill you, but he will not help you enough to warrant a roster spot. Right, a good right. team. I'm not feeling good about playing him. Yeah.
0: But now we went a little bit out of order, so uh, let's we'll talk about the sleepers. People yeah. are like, well, you're, you're putting down all these pickups, so who, who do we pick up? And
1: John, who is a sleeper you got? I got a guy that I'm surprised I'm even mentioning, but he's just so hot right now that, I, and he, he's had success in the past, which is what makes this a little interesting. And that's Kyle Seeger. Um, Seattle third baseman He's owned in 56% of leagues Which has rocketed up Because of how he's playing right now Yeah He was hurt for the majority Of the early part of the season um, But in the last 15 days He's hitting three fifty-four With 6 home runs 20 RBI two fifty batting average On the season With 17 home runs So it seems like He's just snapping out of it Sure um, He's a guy that's been Historically a 20 home run guy In a non-hitter friendly ballpark So whenever he's starting To blast him like this It seems like he's really Got his swing right I think his batting average should only keep coming up. And although the home run pace will not be better than this going forward, let me be very clear on that. Mm-hmm. I think he's a guy that I'm okay with jumping on the bandwagon for a little while. Mm-hmm. riding him out. Again, similarly to Canna a little bit there.
0: Uh, That's the thing. He's got a, a similar profile to Canna, but he's got way more sample size. So I believe his profile a little bit more because it is above average. It just, he's limited again in. You Know, Seattle's another not so friendly ballpark to hit into. So, you know, you put Seager on Arizona or Baltimore or Cincinnati. I yes. mean, it's, it's a way more better outlook. But, yeah, I mean, and he's in, despite, he's been an unrated third baseman his whole career. Yeah,
1: I would agree with that. So, I think it's pretty safe to assume he'll be somewhere around the 270, 280 batting average range. Hit you mm-hmm. probably another. Depends on how long the side street lasts, but somewhere between at least another ten to seven home runs, I think that seems reasonable. Yeah, good RBIs. I think it'll be good. I like him.
0: He's put together a quietly good career. I'm gonna go with people, uh, somebody you can definitely get your hands on. A couple of them, um, and I'll start with. I think I would pick up Seth Brown in Oakland over Canha uh, right now. Just. I like the intrigue there more. Piscotti's out with his ankle injury. Let's see how long he's going to be out. You know, hopefully for his sake it's not too long. But while he's out, it's going to open playing time for Seth Brown. Seth Brown in Triple A this year. 101 runs scored. 37 homers. 104 RBIs. 8 stolen base. 297. You know, I saw his strikeout rate a little bit higher than I wanted it to be in the minors. But... Well will see how he translates to, Seth, uh, to the pros Because that is a staggering triple-A number yes. <laughs> And I think it's like 540 at-bats or something he had in triple-A So you can't hate those numbers And you gotta see how it plays out in the pros Whenever you see, you know, that slash line
1: I couldn't agree more I mean, Seth Brown's a guy that uh, widely ownable at yeah, this point like cause he's like
0: 0% just what they're rounding to. Yep <laughs> So,
1: a handful of people have gotten on this bandwagon early Um, but I'd be interested to see how he looks coming up, because like you said, great this season, 112 games played, 104 RBI in 112 games, love to see it. Mm-hmm. But even in AA last season, he still hit two eighty three with some power, so yeah. it, it, you can see some projection of him.
0: It's, it's not a fable.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself here, but those numbers look very similar to Aquino's numbers for the Reds, where... Mm-hmm. He has issues with his swing, for sure. He's not known to be a batting average guy, but he's hitting the ball so often in the minors for power that you think maybe it translates to the right. majors. So he's a guy I definitely would be interested in rostering right away over a lot of these dead roster spots or these people that show very little intrigue on an already a hot streak. Mm-hmm. This guy could sustain it all the way through the end, especially because people don't know how to pitch to him yet. Right. So he's ready for the majors, and a 27-year-old prospect, I imagine, has is as ready for the majors as you're ever going to find. Right. So... 27 is a little bit
0: older for a prospect. So, yeah. Cool, cool,
1: cool. And, uh, I'll throw in one more, and that's Mike Ford, New York Yankees first baseman. Absolutely. Uh, playing time is an issue, so let me be clear there. He's playing about in half the games recently, but he's hitting great right now. Yeah. Uh, eight home runs in the season, 227 batting average, which is low, 14 RBIs and 21 rounds scored. So, he's had 97 at bats. So, there's a little bit of a sample size starting to build up here but in his last two games, he has three home runs and five RBI, which is great. And his advanced stat profile shows his batting average should be way higher than what it is. It's yeah. supposed to be expected at 272 and a 470 slugging percentage. But with his exit velocity being up above 90 miles per hour and the 43% hard hit rate, again, small sample size. But I'm very intrigued. I mean, Yankees first basemen have been hitting great this year mm-hmm. with the Voigt and everything earlier on in the season. And Ford looks intriguing
0: no you tell me left-handed hitter in new york that's hitting the exit velocity that high um i'm picking him up the only question will be playing time um he's not every day quite yet but he very well could be with all the injuries and everything um and if voight makes it back with that hernia somehow um that's a little bit alarming but if mike ford starts to be every day the 227 average like you said doesn't alarm me because his babab's down like a 190 or something like that so he's just having some some balls not falls away. Plus he's super, super slow. <laughs> like super what a his sprint slow. speed's like bottomed out. But are you talking me
1: slow? Uh, like me running to first base. We'll have to we'll have to try out. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Black me. Let's go. <laughs> but uh but he
0: kills the ball, man. He kills that ball. So could be a really solid pickup there in New York.
1: Yeah. And I think if he plays a little better, the, the other big concern to me is he's hitting ninth in the order, which will affect his RBIs a little bit, but with the Yankees being as injured as they have been in recent past and everything, and him hitting with a bunch of home runs right now, I mm-hmm. can see them moving him up in the order soon. Yeah. I mean, maybe it, it won't be probably like five or four in the lineup, obviously, but maybe he gets up to six, and then he's hitting behind some really good hitters there, yeah. and that'll help all of his numbers quite a lot.
0: Sure. So we'll see what happens when Gregorius gets back, and see how
1: that kind of affects his playing time. But, yeah, uh, I think he's a guy that I'm very intrigued with. Keep an eye on super him. Super
0: intrigued with.
1: But it, until you start, if you start seeing the playing time dip, I'm fine with cut parting ways. Yeah.
0: Well, I'll mention one more sleeper then, since you said one more, and then I will cap us off, and it's John Birdie, who this guy makes Kingry even more of a creeper to me because I would rather have John Birdie at 23% on the season for the Marlins. 33 runs scored, 5 homers, uh, 15 RBIs, 8 stolen base, and 270. And where Kingery is fast, Birdie is lightning quick. I mean, we're talking top 5 in the game speed um, playing. So that is awesome. Great positions. Um, I believe pretty much the same that Kingery offers, maybe a little bit more. Um and his advanced profile, what I like about him for a stolen base guy, now that he's batting leadoff for Miami pretty regularly, is that it supports his average. It supports him as a decent hitter. And you, and there's not many decent hitters that are the stolen base guys. So, yeah. uh, I like him. Definitely not that high strikeout rate that Kingery's given you. As long as he keeps hitting hit leadoff for Miami, although Miami's not exciting, um, I like him to give you those stolen bases and that average. Not even... He won't give you a huge amount of runs because it is the Marlins that we're talking about. Limit your expectations. But what you want is the average and the stolen bases, not to to kill you in the average land. So I like John Birdie. It doesn't hurt that you can play him wherever.
1: That's a good point. Like you said, Miami isn't a team you're looking for for a team with a breakout. But I would also argue that you shouldn't fear a good player on a bad yeah, team. No. And we've said the same things about certain individual players, like Anderson, earlier on in the season, who just keeps hitting for an incredible average the whole year and playing really well. It's just, yeah, you you won't be able to produce in all five of the stats the way that you'd hope because of the Miami team. Yeah. But if you're looking for the counting stats with that bat- batting average, stolen bases, home runs, etc., team doesn't matter. If you're doing your job, you're good. Absolutely. Well, is that cap it for your sleepers? That'll do
0: it, indeed. Then we move on to the starting pitching land, where we give a little bit of love to the starting pitchers, yeah. which were neglected tonight.
1: Actually, true. <laughs> yeah, because they're
0: dependent on you. Because, again, my strategy, if you want to learn about it, go all the way back to before the season, but you probably don't want to adopt it at this point in the season, It's true. where I never run a starting pitcher. But I do like to talk about double plays, because that gives me a little bit of time.
1: It's true. You, you've almost guilted me into mentioning some of these pitchers that have been playing well. <laughs> so, but it's not like you can
0: get your hands on any of them now, anyway. So. That's
1: the problem. And I it's think more or less, I'll just throw in one creeper, and I think that's one for Paddock. Just because Chris Paddock for San Diego has been on a really rough stretch here, and I'm worried that they might shut him down for the season because they're not a very competitive team so far. And he's been pitching the majority of the season as a young guy. So I feel like he's going to, if they have an innings limit for him, it could be coming up really rapidly. Um,. So he'd be a guy that I'd be looking to find an alternative option for. Maybe you skip a few starts, don't play him until he works things out, and then keep an eye on if he needs to be cut when he gets shut down. But he's he's a guy that I think I'm creeping on very hard, just to be fair. So we have one pitcher piece of information in there before double plays. There you go. Solid, Solid little put in there.
0: Well, double plays then. My number one, I'm going with two red slash x-reds to begin the season and number one's gonna be tanner Rourke. um faring very well since he's been in oakland Um, a little bit bumpy here and there but just coming off a great game against new york now he's got los angeles angels at home and then the detroit tigers at home next season for next week for you uh first matchups a little bit man andrew heaney's been very solid uh lately sadly but so is Rourke. so i like the guy pitching at home and then against Detroit, you got Daniel Norris, who yeah, he kind of has a nice ERA over the last few starts, but that's because they're limiting him to pretty much three innings pitch per game now, um, and if he goes over that, he gets tagged, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's paying out for you, Cotton. I think that means he needs to be in a relief, a relief position, but... Uh,
1: you just got to see him twice, yeah. <laughs> and
0: <then> that's it. <laughs> yeah. So, whatever. That means it's going to be bullpen early against Rourke in that second game, so... I like I like that chance. I, he's been he's a solid pitcher.
1: He is absolutely solid pitcher. Um, can't argue with that one bit. But the guy I'm going to go with is Sandy Alcantara from Miami. Um, their starting pitcher. He's owned in 35% of leagues. 14 Yahoo or 13 35 for CBS I should say. 14 from Yahoo. Uh, so far in the season, 4.15 ERA, 1.38 WHIP. You don't like the WHIP. The ERA is acceptable. It just shows a little bit of inconsistency. But his last three straight games, it's been seven innings pitched or more and four straight games of under four ERA, which shows he's really stabilizing a little bit right now. And he's got some nice matchups against Mitch Keller for Pittsburgh and Jake Junis from Kansas City. So I think that those are actually two winnable games, even with a Miami starting pitcher going for you right now. And with his little hot streak, I think he has everything laid out for being able to make it work.
0: Doesn't sound like he'll hurt you too bad. No,
1: I think he's okay. If you're looking for whip, maybe you have to look somewhere else. But these offenses might make up that difference this week, so I like him.
0: Alright, alright. Well, like I said, our little Reds hint. And now we got Anthony de Sclafani, who's been very solid in his last two starts. Check out how he does in his start before next week. Really kind of confirm it for you. But he's got Philadelphia at home, who with Bruce Smiley, who's been rough, and then Alex Young at home um, for Arizona, who's definitely not unhittable. So two good matchups for a Red team that usually quietly plays well once you know the season's been you know sealed off, and we know we're not doing anything. We just start to win a few games here and there. And DiScipani, <laughs> he's looking he's looking solid in the season. So I think he's another good streamer.
1: Nice. Um, I'm going with a guy that I'm going to butcher this name. <laughs> I've been thinking about it the whole time. All the pressure's on me. Jacob Quagspack. Yeah. Qu. What Wags? What
0: Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that one. I'm going to try. I, I'm going to
1: go with Wagspack. I think. I think he's pitching tonight. I, I th- think you're right.
0: I'm streaming him. I think in a, the Roto League I'm in.
1: Yeah, he's been really good actually. Mm-hmm. So he's only owned in twelve percent of Yahoo leagues and 29% of CBS leagues. But he's ranked 48th among all players in the last 30 days. So he's really been putting it together nicely for the Blue Jays right now. Um, he's had four runs or fewer in all 10 appearances for him on the season. 3.63 three ERA, 1.17 whip, 40 Ks in 52 innings, which isn't great, but it's also not miserable. Mm-hmm. Wins are a little bit hard to come by for Toronto. It's not one of the all-star most winning teams, but they're young, interesting, and they can really light up the scoreboard when they get it all together. Right. So I, the only risk I see is his advanced profile says it's really underwhelming. So this good stretch might mean he's prone to a few more duds that might happen, but he's got one tougher matchup against Atlanta and with Mike Sorok, but one with the Ryan Yarborough Borough from Tampa Bay after that, so, considering how hot he's been recently, and the fact that he has a double play this week, I'm kind of like, why not ride that wave a little longer? He might hold on, but if you're looking for a guy to put play all the season long into the playoffs, I don't imagine he'll be a great option. Yeah.
0: yeah I, I like him. I like his stats, what he's done over the last bit, but Tampa Bay and Atlanta's kind of tough. <coughs> Matchups, those are pretty good teams. So... Yeah. But... I see what you're saying. You got anything else you want to add to our double plays tonight here, John?
1: Uh, nope, just two this week, but there are a lot more double plays there's available. There's a lot of good
0: options, yeah.
1: Like, there's been some weeks we, I just look and I'm like... And like, what are
0: we really going to tell them to do? That?
1: <laughs> what are we going to tell these four people that are going to maybe look at playing these? <laughs> we give them plenty of warning, though. <laughs> yeah. We, i try doing this to, for fun I, I try to be fair <laughs> with a lot of this, but... I think these guys this week, uh, overall, it's a really good pack to select from. I think there's hope with all of them to really play well. And if you're looking for innings and, and you're going for these, these playoff runs, this would be a great time to have double plays in the season to make yeah, sure you maximize your innings.
0: Absolutely. All right, then. Time for me to close it off with what I like to talk about. And it's always closers because, like I said, I don't roster starting pitchers, but I sure do spend a lot of time studying bullpens. Um, and here it is, just a little bit of... Uh, Comedy for, I guess, closing time tonight. <laughs> it is true information. If you want some saves, these guys are probably both available. Uh, Ryan Stanek and Jose Arena for the Miami Marlins. The problem is they're probably going to average about .5 saves per week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you're lucky. I think it was a one save <laughs> in August for the Miami. But Ryan Stanek, who they got in a trade from uh, for the Nick Anderson deal, he came off paternity list. Immediately got a save. Maybe he's going to do it. Except Jose Arena, who throws the ball very well, has not been a very good starter for Miami, to be quite frank. Um, and now we're hearing people up in upper management saying that it's looking like we're going to make him a closer when he comes back. Which actually, yeah. his profile would look very good in a closer role. And usually, starting pitchers translate very well to being closers, a la Ian Kennedy, you know, Drew Hudson. A lot of names you can throw out there this season. So um, keep an eye on that if you really need some saves. And it's not like these people are going to hurt you too bad um, in your bullpen anyways. So there you go. Not
1: bad. Not bad.
0: Anything you want to add on, John, before we sign off?
1: Uh, Just that it's interesting this season with so many of the starting pitchers that we've looked at. Can I just say, I don't know if I've ever felt more stabbed in the back with my gut. Letting me down on Charlie Morton. I understand he's struggling a little bit right now, but the whole season he has been so excellent for Tampa Bay. My bad. He even <laughs> he's even had curveball videos showing how wicked his curveball has been in individual Tampa plays. Bay. Yeah, Charlie Morton, Tampa oh, Bay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You got me there for a second. I'm like Why Did not? I say the wrong thing? I don't know. But him and but at least I want to give you the fair warning. Sonny Gray has ended up being everything I hope to. Even with the, me probably overhyping him, he's somehow trying to live up to those expectations. So I hope that at least in some ways I've been able to help out. Yeah. For the over the season for some people. Yeah, he
0: he's been he's been so good.
1: I agree. And even Bieber, look it up. Look him up at seventeen. That's crazy. But weird pitching year to me. It's it's weird whenever I can look in the top five and see people that aren't aces on rotations that came into the season where everyone knew they were going to be awesome. Cool. That's all. It'll
0: be interesting to see how Charlie Morton does in his uh, return to Houston. I don't know if it was today or yesterday, but I...
1: Oh, it it was today, and it did not go well. Oh, he got tagged. <laughs> I think it's 14-1 to 1 right now, not Houston. <laughs> or not Tampa Bay, sorry. Houston whooping them.
0: Well... He owed Houston one more go. He had a good <laughs> <For> time there.
1: <laughs> For sure. I think it rejuvenated his whole career, so that's worth it.
0: All right, all right. That's it. We're signing off, y'all. Good luck in these next coming weeks. Listen to us. Make some ads. Don't get too comfortable with your team, but also don't make some bad moves and get rid of somebody that's got you to this point. So
1: That's true. That's
0: true. All right. Peace out. Good luck.